Welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the money podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Stephen Husky, owner of Husky Financial Consulting and Wealth Management. Our goal is to help leaders accumulate wealth and empower them to build the life they deserve. Each week, we interview a purpose-driven leader or medical professional that is building a thriving business with community impact. We ask tough questions, learn the habits they practice to build successful careers, and discover a secret they can pass on to help others build their businesses. It's time to talk money, meaning, and maximum impact. Hello and welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the podcast aimed at reaching those interested in healthcare, education, all things finance, and business ownership. As we all know, entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes, and as business owners, we've learned a lot through struggles, highlights, and we really love to share all the things around business with you today. So a great guest on the show today, dear friend of mine, uh, her name is Katie Blumquist. She is the founder of the local to Charleston nonprofit, Going Places, Bringing Joy to Kids, all throughout the county. So glad to have you here. Thank you. Happy to Absolutely. be here. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, just to spare everybody a whole bunch of time, I want to just let you know that I've been friends with Katie for probably 10 years. Um, we've done a lot of different networking things together. She is um, an inspiration to me because of all the great work she's doing in the community. She is a go-getter. She's hardworking. And I know that you're going to learn a lot from her today. So with that, Katie, can you tell us about your background, how you got started, how you created Going Places, and what the message is? Yeah, so I used to be a teacher at Pepper Hill Elementary School, which is a low-income, high-poverty school. About 98% of the kids live at or below the poverty line. And I did I taught first grade there, and I did a GoFundMe to get all 650 kids in the school a bike after one student named Jawan asked me for a bike on his birthday. So I did the GoFundMe, it went viral. I raised over $80,000 in three months, got all the kids' bikes, and then that led me to start um, the nonprofit Going Places because I thought, oh my gosh, like if I could do this without it even without it being tax deductible, imagine, and, you know, and as like a side thing, imagine what I could do with a true 501c3 and putting full-time effort into it. So Going Places was born in March, 2017. And that's when I, my main thing still doing it now. Yeah. You're, you're always hustling. You're always finding great people to work with. Um, you've built a great organization recognition all over Charleston and, and beyond. Uh, you've had a few TV spots as well, haven't you? Yeah. So when it went viral, um, I was on the Steve Harvey show that's kind of one of the things that really launched it into being viral. Um, he, they flew me out and he donated $20,000 to the campaign when I was on his show. Um, Lester Holt, they flew in um, and it was the feel good story for ABC mm -hmm. World or uh, for Nightly News with Lester Holt. ABC World News covered it. It was in Time Magazine. USA Today, I think, did like four things on it. it, it I mean, it was, the list goes on and on. It was really amazing. And then local media has continued to be incredibly supportive and cover it um, multiple times a year. That's fantastic. Talk to us about the structure of, of, the, of the, the nonprofit and how you're raising money. What efforts are you doing out in the community to make people more aware uh, beyond the yes. viral stuff? So um, I'm the only employee. We have a wonderful board, which you know you are part of. And <laughs> um, we, you know, it's... Every, our main fundraiser is our gala we have every May. We had a, a record-breaking gala this year where we raised almost $130,000, which is unheard of for year three for a lot of nonprofits. So that was very exciting. 
And so that's our main source of income. We heavily rely on Giving Tuesday, and then which is the biggest day of global giving for nonprofits. And mm -hmm. you know, people tend to make anywhere, you know, twenty thousand dollars is pretty realistic to raise in twenty four hours that day. And then we're often the beneficiary of lots of little events throughout the year. So, um, for instance, a local bar, uh, Frontier Lounge, just had us and another board member, Jared Kensky, and our friend Barbie, who's a local influencer, did a guest bartending gig there one night only, and 100% of the tips went to going places. And we actually raised over $3,300 in two hours because Amazing. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're often like the things that like that will pop up around town that, you know, and all that accumulates, it adds up, it continues to spread awareness. And it's just really been, you know, very tremendous in our fundraising efforts. Well, you have a lot of different avenues to raise money and awareness. That's great. Um, what makes your nonprofit and the work that you're doing unique in the giving back space? So what what we do, it's what I call like our wow factor. It's not mm -hmm. what makes us better, but what makes us different because, you know, we're, I don't like to think of it as a competition. We're all out here trying to better the community and pretty much the same population, but we are, we've got two big things that have us stand out is we give to every school, every child in the school, not just mm -hmm. a class or a handful of kids. It's like 500 bikes at once. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets one or no one gets one, including if there's a disabled child in the school, we'll work with their OT and we'll have a custom, you know, we'll do a special fundraiser. And it's like a $1,300 bike custom made to fit that child's disabilities. So everyone gets one. And then the other thing that makes us unique is our bikes are custom made. So they're not just a donated bike that someone went to the store and bought us. And we say, you know, sure, I'll find a home for that bike, of course, but our bikes are custom made. So every year we change the color and we change the name. So we'll, you know, this past year we had, um, they were um, a bright blue and white and they were called The Reason. So, you know, every year we switch that out, the color and the name. And um, it all applies to something specific that's either happened, you know, that year, your story. Is it is that how the name comes about? Um, the name is more just like usually it's something that with with because our whole thing is hashtag spread joy. It's mm -hmm. not about the bike. It's about what the bike represents. And that's freedom and escape, you know, from unpredictable home life. It's a sense of ownership of something of value. Um, it's a a sense of restored innocence when that's been taken. But at the end of the day, it's a classic joy that our great, great grandparents got to experience. You know, we see black and white photos of these people with bikes next to them. It's a, it's not a, you know, the newest trend. It's a classic joy. And so it's, you know, spread joy when we hope that when we give these kids these bikes, that they will, you know, help spread joy to someone else in their life in whatever way they can. And so the word, the name on the bike, the future, the pursuit, the purpose, the adventure, the reason, those are some of the names we've had. It's like with a little bit of joy in your life, like the words reflect like what you can do with joy. You have purpose, you have reason, you can go on adventures, you have a reason, you know, it, they all kind of uh, tie into that theme. It's great. I love how you make it um, a realistic name for them. It gives them, it gives the, the bike a higher purpose. Like you mentioned, it's not yeah. just about the bike, it's like what it represents, right? So you've built this up from scratch yourself. And I think that's super impressive. So based on all the things you've learned, strengths and weaknesses and all of those things, what are some of the lessons or ideals that you want to share with people who want to do something like this in their community? You know, I mean, I think a lot of the same lessons and 
advice I give is for really any business, you know, it's surround yourself with people that are experts in things you're not an expert in. Know what your weaknesses are and don't try and pretend to, you know, take that on. You're going to waste time and probably do it wrong. So it's bringing those other people in to fill in the gaps for, for where you lack. And then, um, you know, keeping a good reputation, you know, don't fly off the handle and don't, you know, it, there's, my whole thing is like, someone doesn't need to know they've necessarily burned a bridge with us, but we'll know it internally. Cause I don't want them going out and bad mouthing going places or me. So it's just keeping, you know, making sure that you stay, you don't offend people, stay politically correct on social media. You know, you don't want to turn away any, any donors and, or sponsors or volunteers. So it's just, you know, staying kind of stay. And then my last big, big piece of advice is staying in the community. You have to network, you have to stay present and top of mind for people. If you show up once, no one's going to remember you. They may be so into you at that, at that event, and they're going to forget about you when they get back in their car and the rest of their priorities take over their brain. So it's keeping top of mind, which means social media and networking, being consistent. That's helpful. So it's not, it's not always how, but who can help me. So who, not how, keeping a good reputation in the community, staying present, top of mind, always being the first person that they think of whenever they are ready to donate money. You know, I found also from reading some research that more people tend to donate when they're in a happier mood. So mm, I think giving, giving Tuesday is great because people are getting towards the holidays. They're happy to see family. Mm. Um, hopefully not as stressed from the, from, you know, work throughout the year. So what is your relationship with money? Obviously because this is a money podcast. So let's talk about it from not a personal perspective, but from a nonprofit perspective, how important is money to the objective and what are some ways that you're actively using this money besides just the bikes? You know, I'd say it's my first instinct was like, it's all of it, but it's not, it's half. <laughs> I think it's half of it because we can't, the other half would be the volunteers and the community because I could, someone could give me a million dollars to going places, but if I don't have the community, the support, the volunteers, I can't do anything with it. I can't build thousands of bikes myself and load them into trucks. And I can't do it my physically on my own. I have to have people there to help and vice versa. We could have thousands of people show up, but only, but have received no donations. So we can only buy five bikes. So it, their time is, is wasted. So we really need both halves of it. Um, and it's important when someone donates money to you that you show extreme appreciation. <laughs> and unfortunately I find a lot I've heard from a lot of companies, a lot of nonprofits forget that piece of it. And I don't think it's because they don't honestly, they don't, it's not because they don't appreciate them. I think it's a lack of resources and people at the nonprofit to properly thank them on social media, send a thank you note. Cause it's often one person like me wearing every single hat and they run out of time. They forget. It's just, you know, and so it's making sure that that's a priority that like the money coming in is extremely important and people need to be properly thanked for it and recognized. I agree. I mean, I just got your handwritten note in the mail last week. <laughs> From, from donating to the gala and all the yes. work that, you know, we do, but it does help remind me when it comes to this time, you know, later in the year or even next year when I'm ready to give and spend my time on things that I know the person who's receiving it, the organization receiving it is going to really appreciate it. And I feel like we, we feel like we want to know how our money's being used, mm -hmm. where it's going, and we can see the direct impact with an organization like yours that way. 
Yeah. Our, so I always say with our charity, you can literally see full circle the where your dollars are going. You can do a fundraiser and literally raise money. Then you can come build the bikes that you bought because you know exactly how much it costs. Then you could come to the school and see the kids that got the bikes that you built and you bought. Whereas, you know, a lot of other places you may donate money or donate time, but you don't get to see the end result, like the full circle. That's why I think going places is so great for kids to participate in because they have no idea how lucky they, they may have it. So for the kids to be able to come raise money, build bikes, come to the bike reveal, it's really impactful and powerful for them to see that full circle versus you should have a good feeling because you did a good thing. You, you know, you made, you, you're going to make them so happy. They may have that feeling, but they don't really know why. Now they know why they have, they probably have bike themselves that they ride at home. They don't even think about kids in their same school district don't have. So it's a really, but in adults, honestly, feel the same type of impact because we, they all, we all rode bikes as kids. So they can relate that back to that childhood feeling. Yeah. Bringing those core memories back to the mm-hmm. forefront. So I'm sure by this point in the episode, people are just ready to give all their money. So where, <laughs> yes. where, where can they donate money? Where can they find more about the mission? Um, then go to goingplacesnonprofit.org. Or, you know, for the most updated current, you know, real-time information, um, our social media is always updated. And on Instagram, it's going underscore places underscore nonprofit. On Facebook, it's just going places nonprofit. You can type in my name on LinkedIn or going places name on LinkedIn. It's pretty hard not to find us. We're we're everywhere. and, And I respond to everything right away if someone DMs or comments. So easy to get a hold of us. Or you can always email me. It's katie at goingplacesnonprofit.org. Easy to find. Awesome. Well, we're going to come back around to this nonprofit piece in just a minute, but I'd love to highlight you as an entrepreneur. You know, you're always out there meeting people, getting great ideas, receiving feedback from folks. You're getting ready to go to a a good networking event after this. Um, Tell us about some of your entrepreneurial efforts and, and how it's working and what you're doing. So it's funny, everything, I didn't seek out to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even, it just, everything happened and stemmed from the nonprofit and has built mm-hmm. off the nonprofit and then also always kind of stems back to the nonprofit. So from starting the nonprofit and having it be successful right away, a lot of people reached out to me saying, you know, I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit. I don't know what to do. Can we meet for coffee? And I was always like, sure, sure, sure. And, you know, I was sitting there for two hours, just spewing out unorganized information as they frankly took notes then they'd leave looking overwhelmed and it was like ah half my day is gone so I I was like let me organize this and put it into an online course where people could actually be organized not overwhelmed give them all the documents and things that they you know need Um, and so that turned into that course turned into me partnering with a business partner of mine who's in the UK and he's a nonprofit consultant so between me having done feet on boots to the ground, doing it from the beginning and him being a nonprofit consultant, there's nobody we can't help. So we've created the Nonprofit Entrepreneur Academy where we can either teach you how to start a nonprofit all the way through, or we can consult with nonprofits that are already in existence that just aren't bringing in funds and don't know why. We can um, do a VIP consulting uh, coaching with them. And then through both of those things, you know, and, and just my personal social media, um, people were like, I love following in social media because I'm so super active and always, you know, doing a, a good balance of like work and play and 
my whole life. And that's what made going places become popular was from social media. So people started asking me, you know, can you, can I hire you to do my social media? I'm like, what? No, I, I don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> I, and so then I um, started asking if I could do some seminars for social media. And I was like, oh, well, let me, so I started the seminars then called to Charleston, found out about my seminars. They actually came to me and asked if I could teach a social media class. Um, it's virtual. It's every spring and it's express. So it's only seven weeks. It's two classes back to back. Um, and then that gave me the credibility where I was like, you know what, let me start a company. <laughs> now that I'm like leaving money on the table, I have this accredited university as my proof that I know what I'm doing. So I started the social collective and we manage people, social uh, business, social media accounts. And um, so, yeah, so those are all the things I have going on. How do you fit all that in a day? Well, because everything else besides the nonprofit is set up to be passive income. So yes. I, they're, built, they're set up to run themselves or I hire people to run them. I oversee everything, approve everything, do all the sales and all the onboarding, but um, it's set up to, you know, so it's a, a side hustle for me, passive income. Social and collective. I have, more things up, I have more things up my sleeve coming too. <laughs> Maybe we'll run a part two of this later. In the yeah. <laughs> so social collective, nonprofit entrepreneur Academy, the seminars you're doing, um, helping people grow their own nonprofits. I mean, I hear you're also an, a sought after speaker as well. Yes. That's one of the things I have in the works. Um, I really, I have done a lot of speaking, but I want to start getting like paid for it, right. you know, the keynote speaking. So um, I'm in the works, uh, something's in the works that's going to help me get some good speaking gigs. I should have finished this a long time ago, but here we are. It's like the one thing I keep procrastinating with, but I'm almost done. It's almost ready to be fully announced. And that will be my real, you know, my big thing for next year. I love it. And everything yeah. comes back to promoting the nonprofit, <laughs> which Absolutely. is the end goal. Being present top of mind. That's one way to do it. Totally yeah. agree with you on that. Well, you can get a little personal with this if you want, but what have you learned about money and what about planning has worked for you? Um, well, you have been a huge help as my personal financial advisor. Um, Thank you. I mean, truly, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Like, you really have helped me get organized, understanding the importance of investing, you know, just the importance of understanding where your money's going. Like, what accounts do you have? Why do you have them? What makes sense for you? When is it time to start investing more in things? making a proper budget, um, looking at where, you know, when is it time to start putting more money, like with going places, you know, we keep saying as a board, we need to hire somebody else. Like I need more help. And it's like, okay, like wh when is it appropriate to start actually putting money towards that, you know, and pulling back in some, somewhere else or, you know, making sure people are getting paid appropriate salaries and just, you know, really rethinking where, cause to me, it's like, oh, everything has to go to the bike. It's like, well, we have to afford, you have to have a program to support the bikes or there's no bikes. So you have to have the support, the staff. And so um, just kind of rethinking how it's all, how money's being used um, was something I never thought about before. I mean, I was, I mean, I've had a million careers, I feel like in my life, I was in the corporate world for a while, but you know, it was just a nine to five job. Money went into my account. Then I was a teacher and I got worked way too many hours and very little money just went into my account, but that became the norm to me. And then I would work two more jobs. I would tutor two to three kids about three times a week after work. And I would babysit um, on almost every weekend 
until two in the morning. And which is what a lot of teachers do or those, you know, then you, it's just, it becomes the norm and accepted. And I, until I got out of that, I was like, wait a minute, I need to set up passive income. I'm just learning the importance of like, I can't wait to like invest in like another type of company that, you know, isn't something I maybe created, but invest in something Mm -hmm. or able to afford real estate and Airbnb it out and like be able to have all these other passive incomes that, you know, they say self-made multimillionaires have five to six streams of income, but work four hours a week, you know, and it's because they're not actually doing the grunt work. They're knowing how to invest their money. And so I'm just really realizing that and how, you know, this summer I've been in since the end of May till right now, which is early August, mid-August, I have been on 24 airplanes and taken six trips all for fun. Um, yeah. Wow. And, but I'm still working. Like I'm still, because I, my time, I have the luxury of being self-employed. I bring my laptop with me. I work in the airport lounge, you know, on the way to Europe this summer, I got all, all of my bikes, all of the bikes ordered for the fall, talked to both schools. I was like the most massive accomplishment for the summer. And I did it in the Delta lounge. So, you know, just being able to have that freedom and to know when I have downtime and to use it to relax because I know the fall and the spring are my busiest times of year where I work till one in the morning every night. It's like, all right, I deserve this time off a little bit, taking maybe Fridays off, working shorter days, but getting done what I have to get done. So that's the life I want moving forward. Not this, I have to work till, you know, I think when you're building in the beginning years, you have to put in that time for a little money, but you should be working towards where I'm finally kind of starting to get, which is more time off, but more, but more money coming in. There's a lot to unpack there of what you said. I mean, personal planning has helped you just understanding the education about mm-hmm. money and how to use it properly, how to build other resources. Passive income sources are huge because not only are you um, allocating your resources to grow your own net worth, but you're also generating other income streams that you don't necessarily have to work on as hard. You build it, you set it, you forget it, you keep moving forward and building other things. So great stuff. And then also recharging the batteries, being able to go out and and enjoy yourself, knowing when your busy times are using that downtime properly, I think is is sage advice. So thanks for sharing that. Um, What would you like our listeners to know about you going places, the LLC, the social collective, any of those things and upcoming events that you'd like to promote? Um, I'll start with upcoming events. I don't know what, what I should share, what they should know about me. Um, but upcoming events, we are we are giving away um, our bikes. We have 539 bikes we're giving away. We haven't officially announced the schools on social media yet, but we will be soon. But one is in Hollywood, South Carolina, and one's in North Charleston. So we'll be doing that in early November and building bikes end of October, early November. So we will definitely need lots of hands for that. That will be very exciting because this will be the first year we've done three schools in a year. Usually it's two. And then it looks like we are going to have two bike reveals out of state next year, which is huge, which which will make us a national nonprofit, which is just a huge, huge, huge thing. But yes. I can't quite announce any of those details yet. So we actually received the funds and it's official, but that's very much in the works. And then um, we have committees that we were uh, looking for people to, to join um, your committee, which is helping find 
monthly beneficiaries of business that wants to donate 10% of their profits every month or on a certain day. Um, we would love people to participate either to help you find those or to be the business that wants to participate. We'll promote them on social media. We have another one that's giving Tuesday committee, which is helping um, find business businesses that want to participate as a matching donor um, or donating a percentage of profits on giving Tuesday, which is the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And then lastly, the committee helping find silent auction, live auction items for the gala and raffle items for all these random pop-up um, beneficiary events we have throughout the year. So we can have a raffle table at those events. So those are things that are always kind of in the works that we need people to help with. Um, but just following our social media so you know when we do have those pop-up events or we have something that's part, you know going on, people can participate. Because I know personally when I see a business is donating a, percent of a, a percentage of profits to a nonprofit, I want to go. I want to go there and participate because I love business, businesses that give back. Yes, I love that. So, guys, go to goingplacesnonprofit.org. Check out the mission. Check out ways you can give back your time or your energy or your money. Um, this is a great organization that you built. I know you're helping kids all over the county. Really appreciate all the work you're doing. My last question to you is all around maximum impact. And so, what is your purpose and lasting legacy that you'd like to leave in your community, Katie? Hmm. I don't know. That's a hard question. <laughs> lasting impact probably just this idea of spreading joy I mean it's it's a a legacy I've created that I didn't even know I was creating or even set out to initially create but I think it's just giving back it's you know it's the idea of like thinking what isn't really in existence that needs you know where is there a need, need um and how you know just when you hear you have an idea do it you know don't don't hesitate the what if you know i I had 650 bikes to buy. And I was like, well, let's just do it until I do it. I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens. So just not letting that fear hold you back. Um, try it. No one's going to scoff at you for trying um, something, even if it doesn't work out, but try and do what you can. So spreading joy is important to you. Don't let fear hold you back and just get out there and try. Yep. Great words of advice. Thank you so much, Katie Blomquist. Really appreciate your time. Goingplacesnonprofit.org. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today on Portfolio Pulse. If you found this helpful and think others deserve to hear about us as well, please like, subscribe, and share us across any platform on social media or your podcast platform of choice. That's it for today. Remember to be happy, stay healthy, and tune in next time to remain financially fit. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PASS, Guardian, or Husky Financial Group, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Personal views of this client and their experience do not suggest future results. No compensation was provided. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 6115 Park South Drive, Suite 200, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28210, 704-552-8507. Securities products and advisory services offered through PASS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Husky Financial Group, LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. Husky Financial Group, LLC is not registered in any state with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as an investment advisor registered. 202317.
1-800-960-073 expires 8-25. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PASS, Guardian, or Husky Financial Group, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Personal views of this client and their experience do not suggest future results. No compensation was provided. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 6115 Park South Drive, Suite 200, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28210, 704-552-8507. Securities products and advisory services offered through PASS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Husky Financial Group, LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. Husky Financial Group, LLC is not registered in any state with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as an investment advisor registered. 2023-160-073 expires 825.